Amen. But let us open up our Bibles to the book of Acts. The book of Acts chapter 5. For those of you that ordered shirts, amen, or would like to take a look at all of our We Are Resilient theme apparel, amen. You can see my wife, Sister Lisa. She has a table set up in the fellowship room in the back, amen, for you all to take a look. For those of you that made purchases, you can pick up your shirts with her after, amen. And all of this apparel is for us to use on the last Sunday service of every month. Amen. So support the theme. Amen. Be part of what God is doing in this place. Amen. I don't know about you, but I, while we were worshiping, I got this. Uh, how many of you ever been to uh, a show like the, the Price is Right or uh, uh, Family Feud? No? Nobody? Amen. Okay, we'll just leave it alone then. Amen. The book of Acts chapter 5 and verse 12. I, those shows, that's probably my time. They were like, that's not the whammy. Remember the whammies? No? No? Okay, no talk show people here then. How about, how many of you guys been to a Jerry Springer show? Ricky Lake? Oprah? No? Ah, you guys don't get out, do you? Amen. Okay. I hope you guys are not on the Jerry Springer show. Acts chapter 5 and verse 12. Amen. We're going to be reading out of the New King James Version this morning. And then we're going to jump over to verses 17 and 18. Amen. As God has given us the thought for this. Amen. He... Verse 12 says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And in verses 17 and 18, it says, Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in prison. Man, I'm going to read that one more time and not pause before the verses. The Bible says that through the hands by way of the apostles there were many signs and wonders that were done among the people and when the high priests saw this they rose up with all of their followers and they were filled with anger and indignation and they went and put their hands on the apostles and they threw them in prison 
today I want to teach on this topic of the good old apostolic days. The good old apostolic days. Jesus Christ, we love you. We appreciate you and we honor you in this house. Lord, we've gone into prayer and we have set the foundation, Father, for you to just walk right in and to deposit a seed that is going to cause us to bear good fruit so that you can receive honor and you can receive glory by way of our life today, Lord. And I pray for those that are listening online and in other state lines, mighty God, that you would move in their heart the way you're going to move in our heart here today. Jesus, be a lamp unto their feet. Be a light unto our paths. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Y'all may be seated in Jesus' name as we talk about this subject, this topic of the good old apostolic days. Amen. How many of you have ever been around somebody or uh, maybe you're having a conversation with somebody uh, recently or before in the past and and uh, you know you're talking about things that you you know when family members get together and they start to reminisce right about their their younger days and their how, how they were uh, 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 they did certain things or how they acted or or just family or uh, you know reunions and 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 there's always somebody in the crowd uh, that's gonna uh, say man those were the good old days Amen. Uh, maybe they hear a song that comes on on the radio and it takes them to a place of their, uh, of their youth. Amen. Or, uh, when they were back in college or they were in high school. Amen. And, uh, uh, they, they, man, th those were the good old days. And they remember the time. Amen. Where they were having a good time. And, and, uh, uh for me, the good old days, uh, started at the age of 31. Can you say amen? Uh, those are the good old days. My good old days go back to my age of 31 because anything before 31 was not good. Amen. And so, uh, so, uh, 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 but how many of you have been in the church for a little bit? You've been in the church for a little bit. Amen. We've been in the church for a little bit, right? And some of us maybe five years, uh, some of us maybe 10 years, 15, or some of us might have, have grown up in the church. Amen. They were, uh, presented as a child and dedicated, uh, unto the Lord. Amen. At a, uh, a, a stage of infancy or, uh, a toddler stage. And, and you've grown up in the pews and, and, and you've seen some things. Uh, and, and so I want to ask for those of you that have been in the church for a while because it's something that I've given thought about in the last 16 years that I've been in the Lord. And, and so I want to ask you, uh, have you ever asked yourself, has this thought ever crossed your mind? Have you ever asked yourself that, man, I wish I was living in the days of the apostles? Anybody? Has anybody here ever said, man, I, I wish I were living in the days of the apostles? I have. 
I said, man, I, I wish I was back there part of that generation or, or part of that era because we all know that in the days of the apostles, amen, it was a, a time where the apostles were walking around, brother, and, and there were signs, uh, there were miracles, and there were wonders happening at that time, amen. We saw that in the scripture reading that through the hands of the apostles, there were many signs, there were many wonders that were being done among the crowd, among the people, everywhere the apostles were going, amen, everything that they were doing was being blessed. They were walking into the town and, and people were being filled with the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost. It was falling, brother. They were being baptized in the Holy Ghost. They were being baptized with water and with power amen it was a time where the apostles were where they were with just with their shadow was healing people amen by the anointing of a handkerchief was being sent out across the city lines and just the touch of it because it was anointed by the apostles it was anointed with power it was anointed by these guys that man everywhere they were going just like jesus remember jesus Everywhere that he went, uh, there was a crowd of people that rushed, that came from the mountains, that came from other cities, uh, that came from other places just to get a word from Jesus, just to see a miracle, just to see a sign, just to see a wonder. Oh my God, I, I, I don't know, but I thought to myself, I said, man, you, I wish I was next to Matthew. I wish I was next to Mark. I wish I was a disciple of Paul. Just right there with him, uh, just watching them raise the dead, uh, watching the blind receive their sight, uh, watching those that are deaf uh, begin to hear again. Uh, people were all, hey, oh my God, it must have been glorious times. And now, for those of you that never thought that, you're probably in your mind, yeah, I would have loved to be there to witness that. Uh, oh, me and Daniel walking down the street uh, and say, silver and gold, have I none? Uh, but by the word of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. Hallelujah. Man, glorious days, uh, powerful days, uh, wonderful days. Hallelujah. I even thought uh, one day about being one of the 120 in the upper room right there next to Matthew right there next to Mark right there next to Peter on my knees in a corner somewhere in fervent prayer hallelujah waiting for the promise of God to come into my heart to come into my life turning back and seeing Mary the mother of Jesus in the upper room waiting for the Holy Ghost to come through that house like a rushing mighty wind I've thought about it time and time again man I wish I was there I'd have been a good soldier brother I'd have been there just with them going from town to town don't matter my feet hurt don't matter my back hurts don't matter my neck hurts don't matter if I'm hungry or cold don't matter if I'm tired just the excitement of seeing people baptized in Jesus name just the excitement of seeing the power of God move in somebody's life uh, and in somebody's home uh, people being restored uh, people being delivered uh, people being lifted up from their dead situation 
Oh, man, I wish I was there to encounter that, to see and to be a witness of the death, the burial and the resurrection. Oh, I would have been a down servant for Jesus. I would have had his back. I would have went wherever he went, Jesus. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to eat? I got you. Hallelujah. I'm with you all the way to be there and to be one of the 120 where we broke into prayer, where we assembled together in one mind and in one accord to be one of those where that cloven tongue of fire just stood at the top of my head as I surrendered and I gave all of my life unto the Lord. Man, to be one of those guys, uh, to be one of those sisters, uh, to be there next to Mary, uh, pushing through the veil of flesh uh, that is so heavy uh, to get into the holy place with God uh, so that you can receive power from on high. Oh, man, I think about that all the time, Brother Frank. Man, Lord, I'd have been a good soldier for you. I'd have been a good apostle. I'd have been walking with no fear. Hallelujah, you won't stop me, devil. Oh, my God, I'd have just been going from place to place. You ever thought that? Where you see something on TV, whether it's a boxing match or a football game or basketball, and you start to picture yourself in that TV? No? Okay. Or you say, man, I could do that. I wish I was there. I would have done this. I would have helped out with this. I would have been there. I would have been this. That's how I think sometimes, Brother Ernest, uh, about the the good old apostolic days uh, where they were following uh, the true apostolic teachings, uh, where they were following the true apostolic doctrine uh, uh, before it all got watered down, uh, before all these other denominations came into place, uh, before an actual denomination came into place. uh, Because being apostolic uh, is not being part of a denomination. uh, It's not being part of an organization it's being part of the teachings and preachings of the apostles that were left to us by Jesus Christ oh to have been there brother I mean verse 12 says it all it says it all it says everything it says through the hands of the apostles many signs and wonders were done among the people it doesn't say through the hands of Jesus it said through the hands of the apostles That lets me know that I can, I too can have that power that that man had. I can have the power that that sister had. I don't have to, to wait. I don't have, I have that power. Can you imagine if that scripture read, and through Larry, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Now, I'm not saying that I'm God, but it was the power that was in them that caused them to work through them. Amen. And so by the power of Daniel, by the power of Brother Johnson, by the power of Frank, by 
power of Sister Jehovah, all signs and wonders were made possible. Oh man, I bet you can picture yourself back there now. Being part of that. I was fascinated when I read that. And, and I tend to go through the book of Acts uh, at least once a week. And, 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 and it's a refresher. And I'm just like, man, through the hands of the apostles, man, I sure would have loved to be an apostle. I sure would have loved, I sure would love to have that power, to have that authority, to be able to raise somebody from the dead. It must have been glorious. I have to admit, it must have been amazing. And I'm not going to lie, church, I think about it a lot. Amen. I think about it a lot. I sure would have loved to live in the days of the apostles because of all the things that they were doing and all the things that they were involved in and, and all the things that, that was happening through them. But then I got down to verse 17. <laughs> Amen. Then I got down to verse 17 and 18 that said, Then the high priest rose up and all of those who were with him, which was the gang of Sadducees, were filled with indignation. And they went and laid their hands. You ever heard that term? You watch out, I'm going to lay my hands on you. When you lay your hands on somebody, that means something's going to happen. Amen? We live in a time now where people just don't put their hands on people to be nice. We should. But the Bible says that they were filled with indignation and they laid their hands on the apostles and they threw them in prison. They threw them in prison because they were angry at what they were doing. And you see, it was, it was all good. It was all great. Verse 12 was powerful. Verse 12 will cause your imagination and to go to all kinds of places and, and right there next to him. But it wasn't until I got to these, uh, verses of 17 and 18 that I saw that I began to see that what was once exciting or, or that was once, uh, uh glamorous or glorious or, or wonderful. What, what, what I was looking at was, was powerful was the lights and the camera and the action and, and all of these powerful thing oh my god that brother just did this you should have saw that uh, the recognition uh, the empowerment uh, the kudos the pats on the back uh, the building up of egos uh, all this stuff was taken away uh, once i came down uh, to the part uh, where it talks about uh, persecution It 
It took away that imagination that verse 12 went away when I got to verses 17 and 18 because I didn't see the persecution. I didn't see the hostility that was raging against the New Testament church. I didn't see the intensity of anger and and hatred that the same anger and hatred that they had for Jesus Christ was now transferred over to the apostles of Jesus Christ and, and to those that carried the gospel of the death, the burial, and resurrection. And so, so I, when I, when I, now when I look at the book of Acts, there's a better understanding. I, I see things just a little bit differently because now I understand that the apostles, uh, as, as, as anointed as they were and, and as, 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 a, uh, much power that they had and, and as much as they were being used by God, uh, I saw that they were equally hated uh, and that they were equally persecuted because of their faith in Jesus Christ. You see, not everybody's going to believe what you believe. Not everybody's going to want to follow you into the house of God. Not everybody's going to give an ear when you begin to talk about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nobody's going to want to hear you when you talk about the goodness of God, of how he restored your marriage, of how he healed you of a drug addiction, of how he pulled you from that bar, of how he took you from the streets uh, or of how he gave you a sound mind uh, because you were depressed all of your life uh, or you were lonely and he brought you a wife uh, or he brought you a godly man uh, nobody wants to hear about what God does for people anymore they were equally hated and persecuted because of their faith, because of their apostolic beliefs and their apostolic teaching and their apostolic doctrine that God, by, by the way, God left them. Can you say amen? You see, because they walked with Jesus Christ for three and a half years. And in those three and a half years, they were being taught. Why? Because Jesus says, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to come back because I'm going to go prepare a place for you. But what I give to you, I want you to give to the world. That's why in the last meeting that he had with them in Matthew 28, 19, he says, hey, I've been with you three and a half years. I got to go. You guys got to man up and walk into that nation, walk into that world and teach and preach to all nations. Give them what I've given to you. And that's the apostolic doctrine. Those were the apostolic teachings that you and I need to stand on and build our home on. Can you say amen? Amen. He didn't tell them to go form a a denomination or form an organization or form this or form that. He said, take those apostolic teachings and preachings and give them to the world. That's it. 
And so these men, although they were they were persecuted and although they, they found themselves on the run at times, these men stood fast. They stood immovable and they were bold. They were aggressive. They weren't weak or passive. They weren't a, a, a pushovers. Can you say amen? These men, these apostles were a force to be reckoned with. Amen. And, 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 and they were faithful to the calling and to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were faithful. They didn't have excuses. They weren't passive. They didn't have, they were faithful. And it's in times of, of persecution. It's in times of suffering. When we, when we do the opposite, when we pull away from God and we isolate ourselves from God's people. Oh my God, I'm going through the time of my life. Well, get up and be steadfast. Get up and be immovable. Get to the house of the Lord. Run to the altar of healing. of doctors and you say man I think we're going to change the sign we're going to just put up a big sign brother Daniel that says urgent care you know how flooded this place would be People be lined up for days with all of their children, bringing people in their, in their, their wheelchairs. My dad is sick. My mom is sick. My child is sick. I'm sick. We'll come to the hospital. Amen. And so I, I said all of that, my introduction. To say this, that I believe, I truly believe this with all of my heart, church. Listen to what I'm going to say. I truly believe that we are living in apostolic days. I truly believe with all of my heart that we are living now in apostolic days. Or, or should I say, I truly believe that today we truly are living as the apostles lived. But we're not living in the apostolic power. We're living in the apostolic persecution. That's my concern. That is my genuine concern today. Is that though we're living in days of apostolic persecution, we're not living in the days of the apostolic power. 
These were apostles. These were guys. These were men and these were women that, that lived under the continual threat of, of hostility and persecution. But they also lived in a time. They also lived in the power of the Holy Ghost. They lived in a time of persecution, but they were full to the brim, overflowing with the Holy Ghost. And so my concern today is, is, is for the church, for you and I, for the church of the living God. My, my genuine concern today is that we are in apostolic persecution, uh, that there is apostolic persecution against the church, uh, but the church is not moving uh, in the apostolic power of the old days. I truly believe that. And I'm going to go further and say that I, I, I truly believe with all of my heart. I believe this with all of my heart that as much as the church is experiencing persecution and, and, and hostility against it, I truly believe that the church is also this day, today, this generation is going to be used by God as a catalyst. Can you say amen? As a, a launching pad for good. To ignite the church, uh, to, to, to wake up the church, uh, to shake up the church and, and wake it up from its, uh, from its sleep, uh, to, to shake it up, to bring back uh, good old fashioned apostolic uh, revival, uh, to bring back uh, good old apostolic fire, uh, hallelujah, and to get us back to that apostolic revival and apostolic power that the church of today is missing I don't know about you today church but I want to see some apostolic power in our children I want to see some apostolic power in our young people I want to see some apostolic revival in our marriages and in our relationships I want to see an apostolic power brother in your life and in your life in your life in your life apostolic power in that marriage right there that's what I want to see. I want to see apostolic power of the Holy Ghost in my life. I don't want to be one of those that just sit back and watches everybody else running power and an authority, chasing off devils and demons and all shutting the mouth of the enemy. I don't want to be the one sitting back sissified, holding on to my gift, hallelujah, that God gave to me. I want to go out into the highways. I want to go into the byways. And I want to share the apostolic power. Too many people sitting on their hands when they got so much power. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's give God a round of applause, everybody. (laughs) 
But here's the kicker. Here's the million dollar question. How do we get back to that apostolic power? How do we get back what we've lost? I'm sure there's some people in here that have lost some things along the way. Maybe you've lost your joy. Maybe you've lost your peace. Maybe you've lost your way. Maybe you've, you've lost a loved one and you can't get past it. Whatever it may be. How do we get back this apostolic power that has been handed down to you and I? It's, it's been given to you, brother. It's yours. Sister, it's, it's, it's yours. The apostolic power is yours. It, it belongs to you. It's, it's yours. Those that are watching, this apostolic power is, is for you and for all of those uh, that God's going to call. The Bible says in Acts 2.38 and 9.29, 39, it says, uh, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Uh, he says, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, for this promise is not just unto you, but it's unto your children and to those that are afar off. Uh, as to as many as the Lord God shall call. This apostolic power, this apostolic doctrine is for everybody. But how do we get this? We're in the apostolic persecution. People are persecuting the church, brother. You can't open your doors. You can't preach about this. You can't preach about that. You can't talk about this. You can't talk about that. Somebody said, Pastor, what happens that day when somebody comes in and says, Hey, I need you to do this. And you say no. Well, the answer is no. What do you mean, what am I going to do? If it doesn't line up with the word of God, I don't want no part of it. If it doesn't want word, line up with the word of God, I don't even want to talk about it. It's not even a conversation. Why entertain it? But how do we get back to, to the days of boldness? How do we get back to the days of steadfastness? How do we get back to the days of, of being immovable? How, why, why can't we get back to the days of Peter when he, when he got off the boat and he began to walk on water? How is the church going to get back that apostolic power? Here's the answer. Are you ready? Are you ready for the answer? Just one? Amen. Somebody type amen on Facebook. You ready for the answer? We have to go back. We have to go back to the same route or the same route as the apostles. We have to go back 
Because it all started in the book of Acts in the upper room. It all, it was all started in the upper room where 120 men and women that recognized the importance of the work that was going to be ahead of them. And they knew and they understood that their, that their inability to accomplish it through human strength and, and our ability. That's why the Bible says in the book of Zechariah, chapter 4 and verse 6, when the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel and said, it's not by my power, it's not by my strength, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And you see, the 120, they understood that, that it didn't matter how much muscles they had. It didn't matter how many weedies they ate. It didn't matter who they knew or how big their army or how big their gang was. It wasn't about that. They knew it because God had told them in the book of Acts chapter 1 that you're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And so how do we get this apostolic power back? We got to go back to the upper room. We got to go back. You know, too, we, we, we waste too much time going, trying to go forward, trying to go forward with our schedules and our agendas and our programs and this and that. And, 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 and we forgot about the upper room. And we're walking into these, these agendas and we're walking into these, these, these places and these programs and we're walking in and because we, we left the upper room behind us and, and we haven't looked back and we think that the further we get away from the, the upper room that the more power and authority we have. No! We got to go back and visit the upper room. Listen, church, listen. The Lord told the 120 in the book of Luke, chapter 24 and verse 49. This is what Jesus told him. He says, I send the promise of my father upon you. He said, I'm going to send it. I'm going to give it to you. What was the promise? The Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to give it to you. He goes, but you got to go into the city of Jerusalem and wait. He said, but tarry. How many? Let's keep working. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Okay. How many of you have ever said, you know, I pray that the Lord tarries so that I can witness to my family. If the Lord will just tarry a little longer, so that way I have a, a little more time to do what I need to do. I wish the Lord would just wait a little bit. Don't come yet, Lord. Wait. Tell the Lord, we tell the Lord to tarry, right? Amen. Just, just tarry up there, Lord. Just wait. Just keep building. Add another section to that mansion. Right? 
The Lord told the 120 in Luke 24 and 49, you don't have to put it back up, but he says, tarry in Jerusalem until, until you are endowed with power from on high. You see, he knew Jesus knows what you need. He knows what you need. And he knows that you don't need a a natural power. He knows that you need a supernatural power to get through the things that you go through. He knows the spiritual battle. He knows the physical battle. He knows these things. And so the the disciples, Jesus knew the work that was going to be before the 120. He knew it was going to require something supernatural. He he knew it because Jesus knew that their battle was going to be a spiritual one. It was going to be against uh, demons and principalities and powers of darkness. Can you say amen? Uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, and that fire would equip the 120 for this battle and for this spiritual warfare and when you look at that time and when you look at what bible scholars said about the upper room and from when god told him in the book of luke until the holy ghost fell it took 10 days bible scholars say it took him 10 days There, they were in the upper room pleading for power. But what did Jesus say? He said, go to Jerusalem and tarry there until. He said, go wait and pray. How long? Until you're endowed with power from on high. How long, Jesus? Jesus said, for as long as it takes. Until when, Jesus? Until the heavens open up. Until our weakness, our our, our weakness is, is closed with power. Until the fire of God sits upon us and sets us on fire. Until our tongue speaks by divine power and utterance and authority. How long, Lord? However long it takes. Until when? Until I give you power. You know that waiting is a lost art today? People don't want to wait. We live in a a microwave generation. We pop it in and we punch in 30. You don't even have to do 30 no more. It's got a 30 button on it already. And we know when that blessing is going to come out. 
Amen? We live in a, a microwave generation. We want everything on our time. We want it fast. And 30 seconds ain't even fast enough. You hit 30, you turn around, and you're like, man, it's still 20? You get angry. You get mad. He could have endowed them with power right then and there. God is God. He can do anything when he wants to, how he wants to. But he made them go up in the upper room and he made them wait. He made them tarry. You know why? Who likes to be in the waiting room? Huh? Who likes to wait at the restaurant? You know, the first thing we ask at the restaurant is, how long is the wait? Right? We show up and, oh, it's about an hour. No, we're going to go somewhere else. We leave. We go, we go to another restaurant and we find out it's a two hour wait and we end up at the drive through because we want it fast. But you know what waiting does? In the waiting, motives are exposed. Oh, hallelujah. In the process of waiting, motives are exposed. In the process of waiting, attitudes are corrected. In the process of waiting, hunger is increased. You just want it because you're so hungry. I can't wait no more. I, I want it now. Can you say amen? And in the waiting, in the process of waiting, the lukewarm and the half-heartedness are sift out. In the process of waiting, those that are lukewarm and those that are half-hearted are sifted out. Why? Because they want it now. Why? They don't want the persecution. Why? They don't want to pray. Why? They don't want to go to the upper room. Why? Because all they want is the power right now, right now, right away. God, give it to me now. And God says, no, you got to wait. Can you say amen? We have to go back to the upper room, church, as I close. We, we have to get back to that apostolic power. And how, how do we get back to that apostolic power? Jesus says, let my house be called a house of prayer. You know what they did for 10 days? They got on their knees. They didn't go for a quick three-minute prayer like the way we pray for our food. They didn't go for a 15-minute prayer.
they knew that in order for them to make an impact in, in the world, to make an impact in somebody's life, that the individual that was teaching and preaching and doing certain things needed to pray. Because you know what happens with fire, Brother Anselmo? Fire travels. You light a match in the wilderness and it'll burn thousands of acres. And in order for us to be effective and to have that power and to spread that fire, we gotta be on fire. We're definitely living in the time of apostolic persecution. But we got to get into the time of apostolic power. Where wherever you go and you lay hands and you say, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost falls and they begin to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit of God gives the utterance. you touch somebody you burn them ow what's that that's the Holy Ghost where just your shadow will heal the sick where you walk by somebody at work and somebody says whoa why did you feel that feel what come here follow me every time I get next to that sister I feel something Every time that brother passes my desk, I get a chill on me. That's the Holy Ghost. That's that apostolic power I'm talking to you about. But in order for us to get there, the church got to go back to the upper room. We got to make prayer time. We got to make time with the Lord. We're talking about fresh fire from on high. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about making a difference. Uh, we talked about the oil. And we're talking about love. Uh, and we're talking about all kinds of great stuff. Uh, but we can't have, we can't make a difference. Uh, we can't have love. Uh, we can't have the unction of the Holy Ghost. Uh, if we have no power. If we have no fire. That heart of, of stone cannot be removed. It cannot be a heart of flesh if there's no prayer and if there's no power. I don't know about you, church. But you know, the disciples understood that. The apostles, they, they understood it. Because when you go from the book of Acts, chapter 2, when God filled them with power, from the time they went from chapter 2 to chapter 4, they had to be refilled with that same power to keep going. And you know, one of the things that God showed me, Brother Daniel, that you and I talked about, about that woman, the widow with the oil, 
and how she had just a little bit left that let me know that she was giving oil out to everybody because she was generous and she didn't care she was giving 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 oil to the neighbors giving oil to the community giving 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 because she was she wasn't selfish she was she she just she wasn't just thinking about herself and her own home and that's what happened to the to the apostles they're going and they're giving their oil they're giving their fire and they're giving fire there and they're giving fire there and they're giving anointing there and they're giving there and they knew that they had to revisit the upper room and i believe that's why the 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 prophet came and he said man you're you're a giver remember he says if you give i'm gonna give back to you with good measure pressed down shaken up and overflowing he said, because you've given, I'm going to give to you because I know you're going to give what you got. We have to revisit the upper room. Why do people fall away? Because they don't pray. Why do people end up back in the bar? because they don't pray why do people end up back in drama and bad situations and abusive relationships because they stop praying why do they end up lonely and depressed again because they stop praying they think they're good God hit me one time and that's all I need no God's got to keep hitting you and he's got to keep hitting you. He's got to hit you today. He's got to hit you tomorrow. He's got to hit you the next day. He's got to hit you next week. He's got to hit you next month. And the apostles knew this because they said in the book of Acts chapter 4 and verses 29 through 31. Remember, they had already received the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 but then here we are two chapters later only one miracle had taken place from that time the blind man at the beautiful at the gate beautiful that was the only uh, the next two chapters deal with that individual so don't think for one minute that you can just go pray for one person and, and another person and another person and another person and another household and perform another wedding and do another funeral and teach one day and preach one day and never go into prayer. Because it said this in Acts chapter 4 verses 29 through 31. After they performed the miracle, they were being threatened. And the apostles said, look at their threats, Lord. And grant your servants that with all boldness, they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders would be done through the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when they prayed... When they prayed, the Bible says that the place where they were assembled together began to shake and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with 
boldness. If you want the ground to shake in your life, you need to pray. If you want revival in your marriage, you need to pray. If you want that new job, you need to pray. If you want that new house, you need to pray. If you want that wayward child to change, you need to pray. We will never have apostolic power without prayer. That is why Matthew 21 and 13 says that it is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer. What makes the church is not chicken dinners and cakewalks and potlucks. It's not the raffles and the theme shirts. It's not the good sound and the great signs. It's not the padded pews or the air conditioning and the stained glass windows. What makes the church the church is the presence and the power of God. What makes the church the church is that God resides in it. He flows through it. Because it's not until it's God's spirit that changes. It's God's spirit that transforms. It's God's spirit that restores a man and a woman. We are in apostolic days of evil and persecution. But now the church must return to the good old days of apostolic prayer so that we can see the explosion of apostolic power. For a few minutes, we're going to open up this altar. For those of you that want to come to this altar, you may.